plan for your life? Do you know where you want to go? Are you looking to be happier, healthier, and wealthier while having more fun every day? Meet our empowerment architect and goddess gardener, Cynthia Bryan, as she engages in energetic exchanges with success experts, bringing you research, innovations, strategies, and techniques to strengthen your life, business, and personal spaces. Be inspired, motivated, encouraged, and empowered. Lend us your ears right here on Star Style. Be the star you are. The party starts now. Well, hello, Power Partners, and welcome to Star Style. Be the star you are. We hope that you have had a great week and got a break, a little bit of break, or at least, you know, caught up on all your chores as I did. And um, we're going to be going into June. So, crazy how quickly the time is flying by. Well, today we have a terrific lifestyle uh, show for you, and hopefully it's going to keep you healthy and happy. Scientific evidence shows that walking is brain medicine. It grows brain cells. It boosts creativity. It enhances your mood. So are you ready to get up and uh, get going? Well, we hope so because we're going to um, going to be talking all about walking and the importance of walking because we know that, you know, it's an easy thing to do and anybody can do it. So um, hopefully we'll, we'll grow some brain cells. That would be a great thing to do. And then coming up in segment two, Do you have a hobby? If you could do absolutely anything just for fun, what would it be? You know, you can, you don't have to make money at it. You don't have to be really good at it. Basically, you're just going to do it because you want to have fun. And so think about what those strategies might be will help you uh, to find a a hobby that can actually make you happier. And living a long life in America, yikes, it's at a hundred year low. The U.S. life expectancy average declined two more years, according to the CDC, during the COVID pandemic. And state policies also determine how long you may live. There is a 20-year gap between some states. So is geography your destiny for death? We're going to find out in segment three. But right now, the uh, miracle moment is brought to you by Be The Star You Are. Be The Star You Are is continuing its shoe drive through the end of June to support women and uh, families in poverty in many different countries and in disaster areas. We're hoping to give women um, an opportunity to become micro entrepreneurs so that they can sell shoes, etc. And so if you are in the San Francisco Bay Area and you have any shoes that you don't want, they could be new, they can be gently used, they can be boots, baby shoes, you know, whatever. Um, please visit be the star you are.org and you will see the information for getting rid of your shoes. I mean, it's springtime. Clean out the closet. It's perfect time to do that. So the uh, miracle moment is from Ralph Waldo Emerson. Though we travel the world over to find the beautiful, 
we must carry it with us or we find it not. I hope that rings true for you. In other words, you know, beauty is, uh, is an inside job. So we have to really think about, um, about everything that we want in our lives and always think about it being beautiful. Well, we're going to start thinking on our feet right now and help you improve your brain power, your brain health by just hitting the road, right? So you want to get ready to lace up those sneakers. In early 2020, um, COVID brought a lot of people to the end of their workouts at gyms. And gyms didn't really know what to do about, uh, you know, whether they were going to stay open or not. And finally, they had to close. But one thing that is was available to everyone, no matter where you were, is that you could walk. You could just go around the block, um, you know, even if you were wearing a mask or not. I mean, you're out in the fresh air. But it turns out that there is just a lot of scientific evidence that shows that walking, and especially walking outdoors, you know, I'm, being the goddess gardener, I'm always talking about getting outdoors. I like to be out in nature. But the evidence of in science shows that walking outdoors is powerful medicine for your brain. And here is what science is telling us that walking may actually help your uh, help you grow new brain cells. I mean, how cool is that? I mean, if you have two legs or even if you're on crutches or whatever you're going to do, if you can walk, moderately paced walks stimulate the release of a protein called brain-derived neurotrophic factor or BDNF. And this is a key to the survival of existing brain neurons and the generation of new ones. So this is a very exciting finding because this is an aerobic form of exercise, you know, this walking is, and it will help facilitate the growth of new neurons. So you definitely want to walk and you will, you know, grow some new brain cells. And I mean, if you can't walk outside, even walking in, in your apartment or your office or wherever you can walk, you definitely want to walk. The second thing that science discovered is that walking actually boosts your creativity. It increases that flow of oxygen and nutrients to the brain. And when you get more oxygen and nutrients to the brain, it opens the gates to enhance creativity. Interestingly, in whenever I was teaching my acting classes, we always did these breathing exercises, and these um, oxygen exercises where we would yawn because if you're yawning, you ha- yeah, that means you're getting, you need oxygen in your brain and you yawn and you get oxygen to your brain. And then you actually become just... Um, you know, looser and more creative. So the brain uses about three times as much oxygen for healthy neuron function as muscles do. That's a lot. Three times as much as much oxygen for healthy neuron function as muscles do. And it is extremely sensitive to decreases in oxygen levels. And that is according to advanced neurotherapy a neurofeedback wellness clinic in um, Massachusetts. Uh, Creativity is a cognitive skill that is part of problem solving. So studies show that the simple act 
of getting up from your desk and taking a short walk can help trigger ideas. A Stanford University study found that creative output increased 60% when participants were walking. And that could be even on a treadmill, you know, uh, friends. So even if you're facing a blank wall and you are on a treadmill, or if you're not even on a treadmill and you're just standing and, you know, walking in place, you're still being creative. You know, I'm, because I'm a writer, we always talk about writer's block. And I have to, I write a weekly um, newspaper column, which is more than a column. It usually ends up being a couple of pages, full pages in the newspaper, usually three or four with um, lots of photos. So I shoot all the photos as a photographer and then I write the article. And in the 15 years that I've been working for this particular uh, newspaper, I have never written the same thing twice. I, you know, I have to have it new and fresh and all, all of that every week. But um, it's interesting. Sometimes I, it's like I'm thinking to myself, what am I going to write this week? And what I do, and this is what I had to do because I've just been writing this article um, in the last two days, uh, actually three days. I go outside and I'm walking. I'm just walking around in nature. So walking outside. And all of a sudden, the ideas come to me. And I don't know where it comes from, but it's like my creativity soars when I am outside walking uh, or gardening or pulling weeds, which I've been doing um, for the last couple of months. <laughs> the next thing is that walking enhances your mood. When you walk, increase blood flow to the brain initiates a cascade of changes. It's like a cocktail of feel-good neurotransmitters. So you get serotonin, dopamine, endorphins, all of those are released. And uh, Dr. Marie Pasinski, who is a professor of neurology at Harvard Med School, um, notes that 42% of American adults suffer a vitamin D deficiency. 42%, that's a lot. Our bodies manufacture vitamin D when we are exposed to sunlight and furthering the production of serotonin, a hormone benefiting memory and mood. So even on a cloudy day, exposure to light elevates the mood. And you know, it's interesting because I am a really happy person and you might be able to tell that from listening to this show regularly. And you know, I mean, obviously being human, we do have, you know, we do have moods and sometimes I'm not in the, the best mood, but I, I would say 98% of the time I am in a great mood and I really like to think that way. But this just tells me kind of perhaps why I'm in a good mood because I am outside in the garden, in nature and walking um, every single day. I do something outside every day. That's like my exercise. That is my energy boost. And it makes me feel good. So maybe this is part of, of being happy is that serotonin, the dopamine, all those endorphins that are released because I am moving my body. So I really would recommend it. Now, walking could reduce the risk of cognitive decline. Participants who walked more than 4,000 steps per day 
had healthier brain tissue in the area responsible for memory, learning, and cognitive function than those who did not. And again, this is according to science. That brain region, which is called the hippocampus, um, typically begins to shrink in late adulthood, leading not only to impaired memory, but also an increased risk of dementia. And the research revealed that aerobic exercise increases the size of the hippocampus. So, you know, it's interesting because dementia and Alzheimer's is uh, very prevalent in our society. In fact, two-thirds of the population who develop dementia or Alzheimer's tend to be women. And so women, we meet, we really need to get out there and start moving our feet because we want to uh, do the best we can. I mean, I think probably if you live long enough, you're, everybody's going to probably get some type of dementia. But, um, but a lot of people get it at a quite a young age. So if walking can help that, that would be really, really good. The next thing that science has discovered is walking may decrease brain damaging stress. Everybody has stress, right? And repeated exposure to stressful situations, it impairs our memory, attention, and our cognitive flexibility. Now, again, they refer to walking in nature. I, I think that doing anything in nature, walking, uh, just sitting in nature, um, listening in nature, just being in nature is going to help you. But walking in nature has actually shown to be particularly effective at reducing stress levels. The impact of being outdoors may have to do with what they call optic flow. And that's the perception that objects are moving past us as we walk, which quiets the circuits responsible for stress. And that is from a neuroscientist in the Department of Neurobiology at Stanford Medicine. Now, self-generated optic flow by walking, running, or cycling shifts the brain into a state of relaxation that's not seen when you're stationary. Now, scientists have been walking and uh, reducing levels, they say. I've been out in the garden and the weeds are so high and the allergy season is here. And I find that my eyes are watering and my, and my, um, my, I'm sneezing. <laughs> so I'm sorry that I just had to cough there. But science have been um, walking, have seen that walking actually reduces the levels of cortisol. And that surges doing that, that fight or flight situation. So elevated cortisol levels may damage cognition and contribute to Alzheimer's disease. And that's according to a 2019 review of studies in Frontiers in Aging Neuroscience. So just think about it. A 20-minute walk has been shown to reduce like the most amount of stress, but any amount of walking will reduce stress. So, you know, put on your sneakers, lace them up, um, and hit the road. And I know so many people like to put in their earbuds and, you know, tune out 
or, or listen to a podcast or listen to music or something. And, and I'm hoping that you're listening to this radio show. But I would highly recommend that when you're out in nature, that you listen to nature. Now, if you're in a city and there's honking and buses and lots of noise and, you know, the construction and all that, by all means, put in those earbuds. But if you're actually in nature, if you're out on a hike or you're walking in gardens and there's so many public gardens around, why don't you take them out and listen for the sounds of nature. Listen to the birds, listen to the rustling of the wind, listen to fountains gurgling, listening to the um, the leaves blowing. All of that will help calm you and it'll help you be more creative. So let's think on our feet and let's get healthy and let's grow some brain cells. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We're coming to you live on the Voice America Network, and the show is brought to you under the species of Be the Star You Are. When we come back from break, we're going to help you find a hobby that you love just for fun, just because, just because, because you can. <laughs> Don't go away. I'll be back in a bit. Be the star you are, the star you Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Get autographed copies of New York Times bestselling author Cynthia Bryan's books at www.starstyleradio.com. Get inspired and motivated to be your best self with Be The Star You Are, 99 Gifts, and Be The Star You Are for Teens. Buy cases at a deep discount to give away as gifts and premiums. Visit www.starstyleradio.com or call 925-377-STAR. 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 Are you seeking a Dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world. Lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR. 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 And visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan. www.cynthiabryan.com. Are you a teenager with lots to say, but no one to talk to? Let your creativity explode and your voice be heard on the radio program, Express Yourself, a show by teens, for teens, and about teens. No topic is off limits as you connect with teens with attitude. Check out Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel and join our global community where teens talk and the world listens. www.btsya.com. You can express yourself follow voice america at facebook.com forward slash voice america for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts voice america programs are now available on your favorite connected device 
including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show. Do you have a hobby? That is something that, you know, um, I have always had so many hobbies, and it seems to constantly be, you know, be changing and evolving. But now they're again talking about science and ways to be happy and to feel less stress is that there there are a lot of um, research being done on hobbies and how good it is for you. So I want to help you find a hobby because hobbies can be challenging. They can be fun. They're engaging. And they, according to science, have the power to make us happier and healthier. And they will really help our mental health because these kind of pursuits, when you have a hobby, they help us grow um, in creativity. They help us, um, you know, grow intellectually. Some hobbies are more physical and they pretty much all boost our self-esteem. Plus, they often foster connection with others. It depends what you're going to do. But so much research is suggesting that hobbies lead to better physical health, that you'll sleep better, you will lower your stress, you will have greater life satisfaction, you'll increase your social network, and also at work, your performance at work will probably increase. Now, I know I was thinking about this when I was deciding to do a, um, a segment on hobbies about all the different things that I've done over my lifetime and how hobbies have really shaped me and how some hobbies have actually, you know, evolved into paid work, which I still enjoy a lot uh, because, you know, it started as a hobby. But, you know, in my younger, when my 20s, I was a skydiver and I loved skydiving and I thought I loved it so much. I thought, well, I'm just I'm going to become an instructor. The same with scuba diving, well, which I still do. But I mean, you know, I had all those hobbies. And then when I first got married and we had no money at all, um, I learned to be an upholsterer and it was just a hobby so that I got all this old furniture, mostly from parents and grandparents that were getting rid of their furniture and uh, ripped it apart, took upholstery classes, and it became a hobby that I really loved. I got all the tools and it was so fun. Did the same with stained glass. I enjoyed, uh, I always loved being creative, so I learned to make stained glass. And in my house, I have a couple of beautiful stained glass windows <laughs> that I made. I'm not pursuing, um, the. I still do some upholstery, but, you know, uh, sewing, for example, growing up, I didn't have any clothes growing up on the farm. And so when my grandparents bought me a sewing machine when I was 11, um, I learned to sew. And I still sew on that same sewing machine. But I learned to make 
like all my uh, window treatments and all the pillows and besides making clothes, uh, you know, it's like anything that needs to be made, um, I can sew it. And these were hobbies. I didn't do them. I didn't do them as a job. I knew I didn't have to be perfect, but it was saving a lot of money. And I tell you, it gave me incredible pleasure to um, to be able to say, yeah, I made that. And like when I moved into my house, I decided I needed to learn how to do faux painting. <laughs> and then the same, the same with um, with re refurnishing uh, furniture. So you know, getting antiques and stripping them down, and then redoing them, and making something, making something old, new, and fresh again. And again, none of these things were for pay. They were only for self-satisfaction and to make our lives better. And it's something that I do still do whenever it's necessary. So the hobby really did. I never really uh, thought about how much it enhanced my life, but it did. So hobbies live actually in what's called the pleasure world, not the mastery world. We're not trying to impress like a board of directors. We're not trying to get a big paycheck. Uh, a bottom line, when you have a hobby, there's no ulterior motive except for the um, the reward of creating whatever you do, whether it's you know, candle making. A lot of people uh, during COVID started making candles or they started baking bread uh, and it was a hobby and it gave people pleasure. So where do you start? Well, I have some tips from a lot of different experts that share strategies for discovering hobbies that you don't know yet that you love. So here's how we start. First, you're going to ask yourself, how do you want to feel? So hobbies actually present an escape. They can help you get out of your head and they can calm you down. And this is, um, this is a tip from Matthew Zawiski, an associate professor of health psychology at the University of California. Now, he suggests asking yourself, how do you want that activity to make you feel? Do you want to be mentally engaged? Do you want to be distracted? Do you want to be relaxed? Do you want to be socially connected? It can be helpful to consider what your life is missing, like creativity or physical activity, and then allow that to guide your choices. If you recognize that you have different needs at different moments, that's okay. Because there's no such thing as one perfect hobby. My uh, One of my very first editors, who I loved, Eleanor, she was my editor on my first book, Be the Star You Are, 99 Gifts for Living, Loving, Laughing, Learning to Make a Difference. And then she did edit um, the subsequent uh, Be the Star You Are books, as well as the business of show business. Besides being a wordsmith and just a wonderful editor, her hobby was quilting, and she made the most glorious quilts. So having, I had been, um, I was an interior designer for a long time. And by the way, I started interior design as a hobby, uh, just doing decorating and knowing all the other things that, uh, knowing 
how to make things from all the hobbies. I was able to take courses and actually uh, go to school and then do design. But I had a lot of extra fabric. So I would bring her rolls of fabric and she made these really just exquisite quilts. And some of them are actually hanging in museums. And she really did it just as a hobby. But then what she found is there were other hobbyists who were quilters and she was able to be part of quilting bees and uh, quilting programs and all kinds of conferences. So it was a really fun fun hobby for her. The second thing you want to do is you want to start small. You don't want to invest a, a ton of time or money in any new hobby right away. You kind of want to ease into it to figure it out if it's right for you. Um, and if you think that it's something that you want to do for a while, like, you know, there are certain hobbies that you could do that could really cost a lot of money because you'd have to in invest in uh, quite a bit of equipment. So before you invest in all that equipment, make sure it's something that you love. You can always do more later. Like if you're wondering if, um, you know, wave running would be fun for you, go out and rent a wave runner at some lake or if you're near the beach or if you're on vacation and see if it's really a fun hobby for you and if that's something then maybe down the line maybe you will get your own wave runner but you don't want to go out and spend all that money right away until you make sure that it is the right you know the right thing for you you want to um if you're thinking that you want to be part of a group um, that does something, you know, like, like me, I was taking the upholstery classes. It, that was really fun to take the upholstery classes as well as the stained glass classes, met lots of interesting people. And um, I did decide to buy the tools that I needed because I continued doing this for such a long time. And it gave me just a lot of pleasure and met a lot of people. Like if maybe you want to play softball or, or, um, you know, again, as a hobby, and that's going to keep you in shape, but you just want to play on, like we, my husband and I played on a co-ed team for years and years and years and years. We were actually called Nothing in Common because all the other teams were part of a um, a company, you know, they each were part of some company, but we were all the leftovers that we were all individuals that just wanted to play ball. And interestingly enough, we were really good <laughs> that we these hard scrabble. We were really good and we won the, the championship like two or three years in a row. Uh, our goat was our mascot, by the way, which was kind of fun. So the other thing is like maybe pottery would be something that you'd like, but don't go buy a potter's wheel until you've taken some pottery classes. And maybe if you're going to take classes, um, you know, if, even if it's ballet, whatever it is, don't sign up for a whole year's worth of classes in case you don't like it. A lot of people will say that. You want to start small. So think small. So um, if you, whatever it is, you want to do it step by step because you spend enough of your day pushing yourself. And hobbies are just supposed to be fun. So if you're dreading 
going to that meeting of knitters or you are, you know, you just not looking forward to, um, to whatever, I don't know what the other hobby would be to going to that paintball, <laughs> that paintball uh, competition, then that's not for you. So the hobby you want is something that is going to be fun. And then you want to make a list. So this is a really important thing I think to do is Start making a list of things that just strike your fancy. Something that just seems like, you know, this could be really interesting to do once I have time. Maybe you want to be um, a bird watcher. That's something I haven't done yet. Uh, but for many years, I've had this um, this beautiful, I don't know, pullout of all these different species of birds uh, is, that are supposed to be in my backyard. You know, trail birds, backyard birds, water birds, coastal birds. Um, and th that's just kind of a quick guide to the common local birds that are around the San Francisco Bay Area. And that's kind of one of my goals at some point is to start learning more about the birds. In fact, I did download an app and I can recommend it. I really like it. It's free. It's called Merlin. And um, it is from the, um, I think it's from the Orthonology um, Institute or something. But what's so great about it is when you hear a bird singing, if you tap the app, it will uh, tell you what, it listens, it records it, and then it'll tell you what bird it is. So that was something that I thought, oh, that's a good beginning for me to start learning more about birds. But anyway, keep a list. So because if you start making a list of just things that you would like to do, you know, maybe you want to learn a language. That would be a great hobby. Um, maybe you want to start gardening. Or maybe you just want a simple garden. Maybe you want to create a butterfly garden or a cutting garden or a rose garden. You know, maybe you're going to be very specific about it. Write this down on your list. And then when it's the right time, hopefully you'll do it. So basically what you're doing by creating a list is you are logging potential interests that just sound fun. Maybe you are at a party and somebody says tells you something that they did recently and you say, oh my goodness, that just sounds like a great thing. Like they went hot air ballooning. Well, I want to go hot air ballooning. So, you know, uh, write it on your list and then you'll be able to check it off as you do things and you'll have no shortage of options to explore when you're ready. And if something really sticks, you'll know it because there's just something about it when 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 something hits you, you lose track of time and you just love it. You know, some people want to do woodworking. Um, some people want to work on cars, although I think cars and trucks are getting harder to work on. But some people would like to work on like vintage cars, you know, old cars. Uh, other people are fix it people. Uh, the handyman that I hired um, at one time who was a corporate guy, but he always loved fixing things. And so when he retired, he was like always doing fixing things as his hobby. And then after a couple of years of retirement, he said, hey, maybe I could be a handyman. 
and he was just terrific. He was just terrific. He had just, uh, he moved away, so I can't use him anymore, but he was really fun. And he said, you know, every day was just, it was fun for him because even though he was getting paid now as a handyman, to him, it was still a hobby because he chose his own hours. He only worked with a few people that he liked and, um, yeah, he was just trying to keep his skills honed by doing different things. And then finally, you want to, if you feel guilty about uh, spending time on leisure activities, give that up because people who feel guilty about anything really experience a lot of depression and anxiety. Give yourself permission to do things you like. If you just want to daydream, give yourself permission to do that. I know people that love crossword puzzles, or I know people who are, their hobby is actually doing like these thousand piece puzzles, these tiny little pieces where they will lay it out on a table and it might take a day, a week, a month, uh, depending on how big it is. Um, I know people who trains are their hobby. And uh, in fact, my nephew and my brother had just the most amazing train sets. And they set up a whole, you know, train thing in their garage that's on like a lift. And it has everything, the tunnels and the smoke and the, you know, the train going, yeah, <laughs> just fantastic. And um, it's not something just for kids. As you get older, you know, we love these kinds of things. So whatever you whatever you think might be fun for you, give yourself permission to try it. Because if a hobby makes you healthier and happier, guess what? Everyone around you will benefit. And as I said um, at the top of the segment, interestingly, hobbies actually not only um, enhance our just our personal lives, but they can also enhance our business life too. Because when you are doing something besides work, you always have something interesting to talk about and discuss. I have a cousin who was really into World War II memorabilia. I mean, he knew everything about World War II. He collected all kinds of things. He even had you know, he had the Willie Jeeps and he had uh, some different armor things. I mean, it doesn't matter if you want to be a fencer or anything that you want to do. They're just, you know, the sky is the limit. The sky is the limit. Maybe you want to collect paper clips, but give yourself the time and the, and the uh, space to enjoy a hobby and let the hobby be just for fun. Yeah, again, there's nobody you're trying to impress. So when we come back from break, we're going to talk about America's life expectancy because it is a little scary and we need to change this and we need to change it fast. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. During the break, you can visit the website, starstyleradio.com. Or you can visit my personal site, CynthiaBryan.com. Don't go away. We'll be back. Be the star you are. The star you are. 
Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. It's so critical to build rapport because luck doesn't happen. We create our own opportunities. When people like you, respect you, and have fun being with you, chances are you will have rapport with them. Business succeeds when you have rapport with both clients and customers, and these relationships become your community. Try thinking of everyone who is important to your business as an old friend and communicate your desire to work together. Always be the first to offer assistance, knowledge, and support. Invite the person to get in touch with you after a meeting, and that will increase friendly cooperation. Soon you'll become a trusted business associate. People do business with people. No matter what the cliche, business is personal. Treat others as you want to be treated, and you will reap the rewards of rapport. Remember, you are the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another business fight from Star Style. For more information, visit CynthiaBryan.com. That's Cynthia Bryan, B-R-I-A-N.com. Be the star you are. The star you are. The annual cost of illiteracy to American taxpayers is over $225 billion. Help increase literacy, reduce violence, and improve positive media messages by making a tax-deductible contribution to Be The Star You Are charity. A top-rated nonprofit, Be The Star You Are promotes positive role models, produces positive radio broadcasts, and donates positive books to empower women, families, and youth. Be a power partner and join our galaxy of stars. Visit our website at bethestarur.org to make a tax-deductible donation using PayPal or send checks to P.O. Box 376, 376, Moraga, California, 94556. Be the star you are. Org. Dare to care. You are the star. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show business is calling out to me. We are back, and this part doesn't feel like a party to me because America's life expectancy is decreasing. The average U.S. life expectancy actually has hit its worst decline in 100 years. And America's standing is absolutely at the bottom among peer nations. Um, The U.S. is facing the greatest divide in life expectancy across regions in the past 40 years. And research from American Inequality found that Americans born in certain areas of Mississippi and Florida may die 20 years younger than their peers that are born in parts of Colorado or California. Now that is just that when I read that 
uh, that just really, really scared me. So the decline is not occurring equally throughout the country. And this is what we have to know. You know, the U.S. is supposed to be the land of opportunity, yet millions of people are not even given a fair shot at at life because America is very unique among wealthy countries when it comes to how young its people die. And the trend is getting worse. From 2019 to 2021, the U.S. life expectancy declined by two years. And this is according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. We know it as the CDC. And this is the worst two-year decline since 1921 to 1923. So 1921 to 1923, that was right after World War One and right after the, the um, influenza, the Spanish flu uh, pandemic. So perhaps we can we can compare it because when COVID-19 hit, America experienced a larger decline in life expectancy than any other wealthy nation. So what is the life expectancy now in the U.S.? It's an average of 76 years. So we ask, what's driving the difference in who lives um, and who dies in America? Well, it comes down to state, individual state policies have a tremendous influence on how long you're going to live. Income support, Medicaid expansion, stronger gun control, drug overdose prevention, safe abortion access. These are among the drivers of regional divides in life expectancy. This is a startling statistic. Overdoses kill more than 100 thousand people every year. And this is even worse. Guns kill more people than cars do. So when we dig into communities, it also sheds lights on even more fundamental American divides. American inequalities research found that there's a high correlation between household income and life expectancy. And income is a major driver of higher life expectancy. So the wealthiest places like Aspen, Colorado, or Santa Clara, California. Santa Clara is Silicon Valley, in case people wonder where Santa Clara is. So that's where all the Google and the Facebooks and, you know, where, where, all, of, uh, where all of that uh, technology is. Median household incomes there in Aspen and in Silicon Valley, they the median household income can be a, a few hundred thousand dollars. And residents in those areas live on average to 87 years old. That's the highest in the country. Now, go back. The life expectancy in the U.S. right now on average is 76. If you live in this wealthier area, Aspen, Colorado, or Silicon Valley, you have the expert, you know, the expectation that you could live to 87. But in poorer places like Owsley County in Kentucky or Union County in Florida, where the medium household income is about 35,000, the life expectancy is only 67 on average, and that's the lowest in the country. So 76 is the national average right now, 87 in the two wealthiest places in America at the moment, and only 67 in the lowest. 
So poverty in America is also not about income alone because low-income communities, and that's, this is regardless of the state, they are more likely to struggle with access to affordable health care. They're more likely to live near toxic dumps or toxic sites where they're going to develop lung cancer or other cancers. And they might, um, they're probably more likely to live in food deserts, uh, which means that they don't have access to healthy food and to fresh produce. So they're going to wrestle with illnesses like heart disease and obesity. And they're more likely to die younger from drug overdoses. And demographics have a huge influence as black Americans in every state have a lower life expectancy than white peers by five years on average. So black people, five years less. So instead of 76, it's 71. And this is largely because of the lower quality care black communities receive for conditions like cancer, heart problems, pneumonia, as well as for pain management and for prenatal and maternal health, um, as well as just overall preventative health. In terms of health, there's approximately a five-year penalty just for being African-American compared to being a white uh, male. In Pensacott County, Missouri, that represents the gap most clearly as it has one of the lowest black life expectancies in America. Black residents die at 64 on average, effectively meaning they were gonna work until they die. One in four county residents is black. There's only one public hospital that almost closed in 2013, and it's one of the poorest counties in Missouri. So geography may look like destiny. States in the deep south have lower life expectancies than states north of the Mason-Dixon line, and there appear to be specific factors at play. So here's a couple of the factors, if I can get through them before the end of the show. Um, more money means more time alive, and certain programs that put cash directly into low-income homes have improved life expectancy, like the earned, the uh, the earned income tax credit and the child tax credit. They are helping people survive longer. Expanding Medicare, states that expanded Medicaid saved more than 200 lives per 100,000 people and decrease the risk of premature death by 50% for older adults who gain coverage. So individuals are at the mercy of policies that differ state to state because people who live in the poorest um, states in America with the lowest life expectancy, these states are still refusing to expand Medicaid even though the federal government would cover the bulk of it. Now gun control, this is a big one. Stronger gun control measures in states also improve life expectancy. The South, which has the most lenient gun control measures, they lost 5.7 million years, 5.7 million years of life expectancy from 2009 to 2018 because of firearm-related deaths. Now, conversely, Northeastern states, which tend to have a stronger gun control measure like background checks and secure storage laws had one fifth the loss in life expectancy. Guns are now the number one killer of children in America. One in 25 American five-year-olds now, if you're five-year-old now, they won't live to see 40, one in 25. 
And that's because of guns. If we stop these deaths, it would effectively add three years of lifetime to every five-year-old in the South. I'm not opposed to guns. I am opposed to those AK-15s and all of these military-style guns that are killing our kids and frightening. I mean, I think all of us are getting afraid to go out now. So states have to step up. We have to do something. Drug overdose is another problem. The states that introduced policies to prevent drug overdose deaths saw life expectancies increase by 11%. The CDC estimates that half of all the unintentional deaths last year that took people's lives too early were attributed to drug overdoses. And so the FDA recently approved nalox what's it called, naloxone, yeah, to be sold over the counter at pharmacies. And that could help uh, close the state-to-state gap. Abortion access. Lastly, while the data isn't fully revealed, the impact of the Supreme Court ruling in Dobbs versus Jackson, that decision drives further divides in life expectancy, especially for southern states that have in turn limited abortion access. Arkansas has the has a maternal uh, maternal mortality rate 50 percent higher than the national average. And Mississippi, because of poor health care, 75 times more dangerous for a woman to carry a pregnancy to term than to have an abortion. And Mississippi has the lowest life expectancy in America, which is 71. So causing more women to carry a pregnancy to term may increase deaths of mothers in their 20s and 40s. So there's a 20-year gap in life expectancy across regions, and that tells the story of America. The divide is deep. It's interwoven with healthcare, housing, race, gender, location, education, and more. And improving life expectancy across regions is possible, but it has to start with our states and we can learn from one another what has worked and what hasn't. And data is going to be driving the force for finding the patterns of inequality and leading change makers towards solutions that engender equality. So when it comes time to vote, vote for people who are going to care about you living longer and who are going to um, look at these gun these gun laws and have more restrictions and do more for abortion access. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan, and that is going to be our show for today. I thank you for tuning here to Star Style, Be the Star You Are with me every week and listening here on the Voice America Network. For more information about Be The Star You Are and our shoe drive, visit bethestarur.org. To buy any of my books or get more information about me, visit cynthiabryan.com. My aim is always to encourage, inspire, inform, amuse, and motivate. See beyond your physical being. Know you already are the star you have dreamed of becoming. Cherish the past, dream of the future, but celebrate this moment now. And until next week, when we play again in the Star Style Playground, remember that love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles will keep us happy. I'm Cynthia Bryan for Star Style. I thank you and encourage you to be the star you are. You can change your life. You can make your dreams come true. Be your unapologetically authentic self and make it a great week. Thanks for joining me. Ciao for now. You are the star you are. Be the star.
It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit StarStyleRadio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to BeTheStarYouAre.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan. Every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are.